Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, if you know the harvest is coming, would you lift your voice and would you shout unto God with the voice of triumph? Would you open your heart with expectancy? Oh God, we expect the harvest. We've put everything in the ground that needed to be in the ground. And now, God, we wait for your work. We wait for your hand. Come on, lift your voice. Right where you are, right where you are, lift your voice. Oh, yeah. Lord, we will wait for you. Amen. Sometimes it's hard to wait on the Lord, but we find ourselves in that season even now waiting on the Lord I've come to understand that there is no fire marshal or county or reviewer that could stop the work of God amen there is no pandemic or no disease no sickness that can stop the work of God we have uh, moved forward in 2021 this has been the year of forward if you remember that Our theme this year is forward, and we are moving forward. Here we are, waiting. (laughs) We're waiting, Lord, waiting for the door to open, waiting for things to be done, waiting for systems to be in effect. But while we're waiting, we're working. Amen? No farmer puts seed in the ground and just waits, but he works. He works, he puts his hands to the plow, he puts seed in the ground, he, he teals and he, he waters and he nurses and he works while he waits. And the Lord told us that if we'll wait on him, that he'll renew our strength and we can mount up with wings as eagles, that we can run and that we can walk. And I, today I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing right in the middle of all of the stress and anxiety of trying to get into this building, I still see the Lord working. I still see the Lord working. Amen and amen. Thank you, music team, so much for blessing us today. Um, Today was our first time ever really doing this. And so, man, what a beautiful, beautiful sound and uh I know you can tell it where you are, but this sanctuary is gorgeous, beautiful, and ready. I am just so excited about what God is doing in our midst and excited about what I feel in this house. As you already know, today is Pentecost Sunday. Well, I just want to say this today. Today is the day we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, but every day of the week is Pentecost Day. Because you can get the Holy Ghost anywhere, anytime, any place, under any circumstances. Amen? But today is the day that we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. That day of celebration, that day of culmination. And it is the day that they received the Holy Ghost 
in the upper room. I want to read for you, first of all, the book of Acts chapter 2. If you have a Bible near you or you have an iPad or an iPhone or whatever it may be sitting in your living room or at home or in the coffee shop, whatever it may be, wherever you find yourself right, right now. Acts chapter 2, if you're driving down the road, I will just advise you to take my word for it. Look it up later. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Acts 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Today I want to talk to you and I want to answer an age old question. I want to answer a question that has been asked since the day it was received. Today I'm going to ask the question and try to answer the question, who needs the Holy Ghost? Who needs the Holy Ghost? Would you pray with me right now? God, I thank you for your word and I thank you for what we feel in this room. And I pray that it permeates, God, through the, the, the screens of homes and houses and cars and places of work today, God. I pray that people would feel what we feel in this place today and they would feel your power and glory. And God, I pray that somebody will be filled with the Holy Ghost today by the evidence of speaking in new tongues. I pray it, God. I know it can be done. In Jesus' name, I pray and everyone said in Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you're here, uh, the few of you that are here, you may be seated. And those that are sitting at home, if you stood for the word of God, you can be seated as well. If you didn't stand up, stay seated. Who needs the Holy Ghost? This question has been asked since the beginning of the Holy Ghost being poured out. Who needs the Holy Ghost? Do I need it? Does my mama need it? Does my daddy need it? Does my, do my friends need it? Does my neighbor need it? Does my aunt and my uncle and my grandma and my grandpa, do they need it? Do my cousins need it? Who needs it? Does, does my preacher need it? Does my, does my priest need it? Does my teacher need it? Does my rabbi or my man of God need the Holy Ghost? And, and ultimately, do I need the Holy Ghost. Do you need it? So today I want to talk about who needs it. And in talking about who needs it, I want to talk about who received it. There is a, uh, I'm, I'm going to teach a little bit here, but, but I'm, I, I want to bring forth a point here in, in my message today because I really believe that understanding and wisdom and knowledge is the key to the Holy Ghost falling. I know a lot of people, uh, and, and I've been in this thing for a long time, and a, a lot of people will try to express that emotions and, 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 and emotionalism will lead to the Holy Ghost falling. But I know that faith leads to the Holy Ghost falling, and faith cometh by 
hearing. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so in order to increase your faith so that you can receive the Holy Ghost, you need to know and understand who needs it. Who needs the Holy Ghost? Who is it for? Who is it available for? Can, can anybody get it? Is, it? is it for anybody? Because as, as I have uh, been in ministry now full time for the past 16, 17 years of my life, I've been, um, this question has been brought to me many times. Do I need the Holy Ghost? Do, do they need the Holy Ghost? And uh, was the Holy Ghost just for the apostles? Was it, the, the Holy Ghost was given just to the apostles so that they could do the work of God in the season that they live. That's why that, you know, the Holy Ghost was poured out just upon the apostles because only the apostles needed the Holy Ghost to go forward and do what they did powerfully and mightily. And I do not disagree with the apostles receiving the Holy Ghost. It, it happened. Listen, in the book of Acts chapter one, I'm going to begin reading in verse four because I don't want to say anything today about the Holy Ghost that I'm not backing up with a biblical concept and a biblical text. So Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, the Bible says this, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water. But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This is what Jesus said unto them. That was verse 8. Now, who is them? And we know that the apostles, the disciples, but, but, but let's clear it up, okay? Would you join me in clearing it up today? Who is Jesus talking to? We see it in verse 13. Acts chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. And when they were come in, they went into the upper room, where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas, the brother of James. And all these, that's 11, by the way, if you're counting, that's 11 people. Because in just a few moments in Acts chapter 2, I mean, at the end of Acts chapter 1, Peter is going to have them vote on the 12th disciple, and Matthias is going to fall into that position, and that'll be the 12th. So let's add Matthias in there as well. But let's also add Justice in there as well because there were only two that were available. That was Justice and Matthias. So Justice and Matthias as well, both in this place. But but, but, but who else is there? They continue, verse 14, these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and all his brethren. So automatically, we dispel the rumor that it was just for the apostles because Mary wasn't an apostle and she got it. And Jesus' brothers weren't all apostles, but they got it. They were all in the room as well. So we have all 12 
disciples who will become apostles, all 12 apostles, all received the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, what I just read to you. All the apostles, all 12 of them now, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and now all of Jesus' brethren, his family, they all receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So if we want to know who needs it, let's talk about who got it. Who got the Holy Ghost? Because we only have a few biblical connections to people receiving the Holy Ghost. So if, if it's just for some people, if it's just for this church over here, or the Holy Ghost is just for this church over here, or the Holy Ghost is just for these people over here, or the Holy Ghost is just for the pastor, or the Holy Ghost is just for the spiritual folk, then the Bible would be clear on those were the only people who would have received it. So who needs it? Let's talk about who got it. The apostles got it. Jesus' mama got it. And Jesus' family got it. Woo, that's good. Okay, well, I'm not an apostle, and I'm not Jesus' mama, obviously, and I'm not, you know, part of his family. I mean, I am. I'm grafted in, but I'm just saying. But so let's move on. Who else got the Holy Ghost? Well, let's, let's go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, let's begin in verse 4. The Bible says, therefore, they were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. Woo! Talk about Samaria. Great joy in the city. Now, I want to say this. They were, they, they were healed, delivered, and there was joy, but they had not yet been baptized. They were healed, they were delivered, and there was great joy, but there was no baptism. So let's go to verse number 12. Go with me. Acts 8 and verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, all of them. Then Simon himself believed also, and he was baptized. He continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So now there is healing, there is deliverance, and there is joy. And now they're baptized. So, so that should be it, right? That should be it. There's healing, there's joy, there's excitement, and now there's baptism, and that should be the end of it. Philip should now leave Samaria because the work there is done. But listen to me. The Bible in verse 14 says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent for Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet, He was falling on none of them. Hallelujah. They were filled. I I mean, they were healed. They were delivered. They were set free. There was great joy. They were baptized, but they didn't have the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, the Bible says in verse 17, then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. So, I know that the apostles needed it, 
Jesus' mama needed it. Jesus' family needed it. And the Samaritans needed it. The people of Samaria, who are half Jew, half Gentile, they all got the Holy Ghost. So now we know this thing's moving out. It's not just for the apostles. It's not just for Jesus' family. But now we know it's also for the Samaritan people. Hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. Well, let's move on to Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, let me begin there in verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now, what you need to understand that this man was a, a Roman. And he was from an Italian family who was a centurion in the Roman army. Many people believe that this centurion is the same centurion that came to Jesus and said, I don't need for you to come to my home, but I would ask that you would just speak a word and my servant would be healed. Many people believe that Cornelius is the same guy. And the Bible says Cornelius, listen to what the Bible says about him. Will you, will you follow me here in verse 2 of chapter 10? This is what the Bible says about him, that he was a devout man. Somebody say hallelujah. He was one that feared God with all his house. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He gave much alms to the people. Somebody say, that's a good man right there. And prayed to God always. My, he, he, was, he was devout. He was, he was a good man. He feared the Lord. He prayed and he gave to the poor. I mean, this guy is legit. In any other, in any other kind of situation, we would think Cornelius is 100%. He's good. But watch what it says in verse 3. He saw in a, in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him and said unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside. Here we go. Watch what it says here in verse 6, at the end of verse 6. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. What do you mean what I ought to do? I'm already doing it, man. I'm praying. I'm giving. I'm a good person. I fear the Lord. I got it all together. But God loved Cornelius so much, who was a Roman, who was an Italian. He was a Gentile. And God loved him so much, he said, no, I need you to go down and you need to do something. There's something you need to do. Being good is not good enough. Being devout is not good enough. Loving God is not good enough. There's something that you ought to do. He wasn't an apostle, he wasn't Mary's mother, and he wasn't Mary's family, and he wasn't a Samaritan, but he, there was something that he needed to do. And the Bible says that Peter came to his house. And in Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, Peter was preaching in the house. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should be, not be baptized which have the, received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Who needs the Holy Ghost? Well, who got the Holy Ghost? The apostles? 
Jesus' mama, Jesus' family, the Samaritans, and now the Gentiles. Who needs it? Well, who got it? Say, well, listen, I've been in church a long time. I've done a lot of good things. I've loved the Lord. I've been in and out of church. I'm a deacon on the deacon board. And my grandmama was a deacon on the deacon board. And my grandpa was a deacon on the deacon board. And and I've been, you know, I'm the prophetess to the third power. And, you know, I'm religious. And I got all my stuff again. And I love the Lord. I'm serving the Lord. I serve the Lord every day. And and, and me and Jesus, we like this. We have a Coke and a smile every morning together. About 530 a.m., we just get up, have some Cheerios, just me and Jesus. And I got this thing on lock. I'm a disciple of the Lord. Okay. Acts 19. The Bible says in Acts 19, chapter 1, uh, Acts 19, verse 1, it came to pass that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed down to the upper coast and came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. These are men of God. Disciples. The Bible would not have called them disciples if they were not legitimately disciples. These men were disciples. And he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he, he said unto them, well, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. And then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him that should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied and all the men were about 12. 12 disciples who were following after God, who were so devout, the, the Bible gives them the moniker of disciple. They needed the Holy Ghost too. Paul said, have you received it? They said, we, we ain't even heard about it. He said, well, you need it. How was you baptized? We, we, we've already been baptized. We were baptized into repentance because we were sorry for our sins. So when we got baptized, we, we got baptized because we wanted God to forgive us. And we were baptized. He said, well, listen, that baptism of repentance, it was really leading you to Jesus Christ. And when they heard, when they heard it, they said, hey, let's go ahead. And they got re-baptized in Jesus' name. And then when the prophet laid hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. So who needs it? Religious people need it. Church folk need the Holy Ghost. Deacons need the Holy Ghost. The deacon board needs the Holy Ghost. The disciples needed the Holy Ghost. The apostles needed the Holy Ghost. Jesus' mother needed the Holy Ghost. Jesus' brothers needed the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, I I mean Acts chapter 2, that there were devout Jews from all over the world there. And when Peter stood up and said, repent, And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All those devout Jews received the Holy Ghost. So Jews need the Holy Ghost. Samaritans needed the Holy Ghost. Gentiles needed the Holy Ghost. Good men needed the Holy Ghost. Disciples needed the Holy Ghost. Bad men needed the Holy Ghost. Simon the witch, he needed the Holy Ghost. Come on somebody. 
The witches need the Holy Ghost. The good people need the Holy Ghost. The bad people need the Holy Ghost. So can I answer your question today? Who needs the Holy Ghost? Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. Your family needs the Holy Ghost. Your children needs the Holy Ghost. Your brothers and your sisters, your mother and your father, your aunts and your uncles, uh, your neighbor needs the Holy Ghost. There ain't nobody that you know that don't need the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm preaching to somebody today and you're watching this and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You need it today. You've been wondering, should I get it? Yes, you should get it. It's free. It ain't going to cost you nothing. It ain't going to cost you nothing but hell and a life and an eternity burning in the lake of fire. That's all it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you a life away from God. But if you'll get in and you'll say, Lord, fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost, like you filled them with the gift of the Holy Ghost, then I promise you that you will have power. You have power to walk right. You have power to talk right. You have power to live right. You have power to do right. Hallelujah. You need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm almost finished. I'm not holding you long today. However, I want you to understand that many people, many people, they vacillate. They vacillate with the idea of necessity. As a pastor and as a leader, and again, as having been done this for a long time now, I've had so many conversations with atheists, agnostics, Christians of other denominations and other belief systems and, and, and everybody, everybody ain't wrong and everybody ain't right. Trust me. However, the common theory is not really does it exist. I believe there was a time when, when, when there were people who did not know and, and really fought against the idea that there was a such thing as a Holy Ghost. Listen, I know that some of you, you've never seen this before. But I'm 42, so I'm not very old. I remember going to the Bible bookstore in my city as a boy, as a young boy. I remember going to the Bible bookstore. And in the front of the Bible bookstore, there was a shelf and it had pamphlets in it. And there was a whole section of pamphlets that spoke against the Holy Ghost and the receiving of tongues. And it was a whole section only called Strange Fire. And there were all these booklets and pamphlets that you could get speaking. And I remember being a kid and feeling some kind of way about it. Like, man, these people are talking against us and our church. Like, like don't they know that they need the Holy Ghost too? But now in this season of time, things have changed a little bit. And I think people are understanding that the Holy Ghost is real. And so now there's not so much of an argument about, is it real? Here's where the argument has shifted. Listen to me. This is where the argument has shifted. It hasn't shifted from, is it real or not real? Here's where the shift has come. The shift has come here. Is it necessary? It's not about, does it exist or not exist? I think people know now. I think people have had experiences and, and, and they know. I think people in, in high places of, of, of religious world and denomination have, have experienced what, what they've experienced. And so the, the concept is not, it, does it not exist or exist? What the shift has come now is this, is, is, is it necessary? 
do I really need it? Do, do I need it? I mean, if my pastor has it, that's fine. If, if, if my friend over here has it, that's fine. But like, I don't really feel like I need it. I mean, you got it, good for you. You know, your family got it, good for you. But I don't really know if I need it. I don't even know if it's even real. I don't know. And so the shift has come from does it exist to is it necessary? Do you need the Holy Ghost? And I don't really have a deep theological answer for you. If I had time, I could take you there. Absolutely. I could use this Bible and these scriptures to prove to you emphatically that you need the Holy Ghost. But let me just give it to you on a simple term. And I'm closing. Now give me to it on a simple term. If Jesus poured out his spirit on us and the apostles needed it, his mama needed it, his brothers needed it, the Jews needed it, the Samaritans needed it, the Gentiles needed it, the religious people needed it, the devout people needed it. If they needed it, who am I to say, Lord, I'm special and I don't need it? You know, some people would say, well, I believe this way. And, and the way I believe, I believe that Peter was my first pope. Well, if Peter was the first pope, Peter needed the Holy Ghost. And Peter preached the Holy Ghost. You say, well, I prayed to the Virgin Mary. Well, Mary got the Holy Ghost. There is no avenue that you can take where there isn't somebody who had the Holy Ghost, who needed the Holy Ghost, who got the Holy Ghost. I think that sometimes we we struggle with people telling us what we have to do. And we struggle with uh, things that are just necessary. We say, well, it's neither here nor there. And there's a lot of things in life that are that way. Take it or leave it. That's a, that's a common phrase, you know, that we have, you know, that we say. You know, take it or leave it. You know, hey, you want pepperoni on this pizza? Ah, I can take it or leave it. Hey, you want this in your life or this in your life? Ah, I can take it or leave it. And, and, and we live in that kind of world where there's things that we can take or leave. And, you know, it just, it comes so common. You know what? She don't believe like I believe, and it's fine. Take it or leave it. You know, he don't believe like I believe. It's fine. Take it or leave it. But when it comes to the Holy Ghost, it's take it. But don't leave it. You need it. You got to have it. It's not an option. It's not a vacillation of, uh, well, maybe, maybe. Well, you know, it was just for these people. It was just for these. No, 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 no. Don't be caught up in that lie that could lead you to eternal damnation. But you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. Listen, it's 2021. I need the Holy Ghost every day. Because the Bible said the Holy Ghost is my comforter. And it also said that the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, will lead me into all truths. 
And so, Lord, I need a comforter. And I need to know. I need to have direction and understanding. And so, yes, I, not only do I need the Holy Ghost, but I've grown to a place where I realize I want the Holy Ghost. I don't just need it. It is a necessity, but I also want it. I was reminded thinking about this. It's so funny because it's so true. When you're a kid, you hate going to sleep. You know you need it, but you don't want it. You know you need sleep, but you don't want it. You fight mom and dad, and you stay up all night long, and, and, and Isaac, Isaac just turned 10, and, and Isaac hates going to sleep. He wants to stay up all night long. He'll, every night, he's, he's like, can I stay up 15 more minutes? Can I give, give me 15 more minutes? And he knows he needs it. But he don't want it. But at 42, <laughs> come on, somebody. When you reach a level of maturity and responsibility, man, sleep is like gold. You'd be like, Lord, I'll take any opportunity to crawl up in that bed and get me some sleep. Because once you understand, not only do I can't really function very well without it, and I just want it so bad. That's how the Holy Ghost is. There's times in your life when you're like, ah, take it early. I don't really, I don't really. But when you understand what it really does for you, you're like, oh God, I want more of it. It's golden to me. It's sweet to me. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. And I want people that I love to feel it like I feel it and want it like I want it. Oh God, there was a time when I just needed it, but today I want it. I want the Holy Ghost in my life. I want it in my children's life. I want it in my children's children's life. Oh God, thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.